Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming back to the dinner table with Joe Sheehan. I'm happy to have you guys here. Uh, the last time we did an episode together, it was an experiment for me, and I was really happy uh, to get going with that. The I know, Listening to it made me think of uh, one of my professors in college when I would go to his class just to be able to fall asleep. <laughs> Because I was sitting there being all sultry and smooth and trying to be very radio instead of just being my personality. Um, well, a lot has happened. Uh, we missed last week. I'm sorry about that. I had some things going on with my family and I needed to take care of that. But ultimately, what we did is um, I was making some transitions. Uh, I'm a coach. I'm a teacher. And so I was trying to get my health ready for baseball season. Uh, it's been a fun transition, but again, I'm excited about baseball season. Baseball season is my joy. I love baseball, 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 baseball. Uh, matter of fact, I'm hoping to have several shows about baseball, uh, especially when uh, the season picks up because uh, I'm a huge Boston Red Sox fan. Yes, I am part of the Sox Nation living in Texas, but that being said, I do love baseball. And I love it in any way, shape, or form I can get it. I love scrappy teams. That's the best. Man, scrappy teams are my favorite. That's why I love the Houston Astros. I love uh, Jose Altuve. He is so much fun to watch. Uh, Springer is just a class act. Love watching him. Altuve and Pedroia on the same field. Whew, talk about a great game. It's good baseball. Uh, we are now, we know who the NFL Super Bowl is going to be. Uh, that's a lot of fun, uh, even though it's mired in controversy. Uh, the play at the end of the New Orleans Saints game uh, was clearly pass interference, if not hitting a defenseless receiver, uh, which should have been targeting, even though I saw that throughout the entire game uh, by both sides, really by the Rams the most. Um, targeting is, shouldn't be allowed, even if it is a playoff game. Period. It's about the health. As someone who suffers from CTE, I will tell you that concussions are real. Concussions are bad. Concussions can cause severe damage. And uh, we got to do our best to protect our players. That being said, we are treating quarterbacks way too gently. Uh, Tom Brady just getting slapped on his shoulder, getting called for roughing the passer is a ridiculous call. Uh, no matter which way you shape it. However, I love the Pats, but again, Tom Brady getting that call, that was a bad call. But then again, you don't want to put the ball in Tom Brady's hand with a minute left on the clock and you're only up by a touchdown or by six points because Brady will come in and slap you senseless. And Belichick is probably one of the best calls. Now again, you guys will probably be going, oh, what about Deflategate? What about video? What about spying? Okay, well, first of all, as we say in sports, uh, if you're not stealing signs, you're not trying, okay? All people do it. Um, matter of fact, I will let go of one of the big deep dark secrets of the film room, all right? We're watching the sideline looking for, for signs. We want, we want, we're looking for any edge we can get, all right? We film every game. We don't film the sidelines, but we film every game. And if, hey, if you are in the position where you're sending out signals and <laughs> you can't hide your signals, Guess what? We're going to exploit that. And that's the same thing that the Patriots do. And then Deflategate. Come on, guys. Do we really have to continue arguing this? Do we really have to continue talking about this? Let's be real. 
The Patriots were losing at halftime. That was when the ball was discovered to be deflated. They reinflated all the balls. The Patriots come back out and win the ball game. Come on, let's not have a little uh, revisionist history here. And let's not forget that there are other teams that have been caught cheating. The only reason why the Patriots are so hated is because they know how to win. Okay, and when you win, everybody else is going to start accusing you of cheating. It's called immature, bad sportsmanship. All right, so again, guys, this is, the, this is what happens. This is what happens in sports. Okay, we got to settle down. We got to look at the Super Bowl. We got to go, yay, Patriots and Rams. Okay, Patriots and Rams. Uh, I've got the Patriots in this one. Again, I'm a part of Patriots Nations. I love New England sports. Uh, yes, I am from Texas. I'm a proud Texan. But, again, sometimes you got to have a team. And my teams typically don't live in Texas. I'm, I, I hate that, but that's also part of the way I was raised. My dad's from Peabody, Mass. All right. He was born there. He was raised in San Diego, California. All right. And he, his father and mother were both uh, Massachusettsites, or Massholes, as they would call them <laughs> up there. And, uh, and so he was raised to love... The Red Sox Plus, he lived in the same neighborhood as Ray Boone, legendary Red Sox uh, scout, whose son Bob Boone played in the major leagues, and whose grandsons Aaron and Brett uh, played in the major leagues. It would kill Ray. Ray is probably rolling over in his grave that Aaron is now the manager of the Yankees, but that's okay. That's fine. You know, sometimes you got to go where the money is. And Aaron doesn't do a bad job. Aaron knows baseball, and he's... He's doing a pretty decent job there. So again, uh, love, love talking about sports, love talking about things. So we've had a very exciting week. We've also had an incredibly exciting week uh, in politics. Uh, towards the end of this last week, there was a story in BuzzFeed talking about how that Donald Trump asked his former personal attorney, Manchin, to lie to Congress and to lie about things. And then finally, also too, we had the story about that he told Manchin to fix some polls. Ooh, polls inside business magazines. Okay, if we know anything about business, if we know anything about marketing, we know, especially in Hollywood, all right, they do it all the time. They put out articles, they put out press releases, they talk about how awesome they are, okay? So again, that wasn't a big deal, but what was more interesting about the BuzzFeed article was it was a complete fabrication. It was so bad that Mueller and his investigative team had to put out a statement. They have been silent throughout the entire investigation, and now because of this bad report, which was seen as the smoking gun by the left and by the media, that now Trump's going down. Unfortunately, no. And, and if you look at the person who wrote it, Leopold, the same guy who was run out of town for false stories multiple times. He's lost multiple jobs because of making up stories. And look who's on that, that top byline. Leopold. So there you go. And then he's trying to defend it on CNN and CNN's having nothing of it. Finally, one of the things that we talked about in the last podcast was about the mob, right? We talked about the mob, we talked about mob justice, we talked about mobs rising up, we talked about the spirit of offense. Well, guess what? 
we finally may have the straw that breaks the mob's back and maybe settles some people down a little bit and gets people focused and people working on unity instead of division and instead of attacking each other. Because during the March for Life, which is a great event, I highly recommend anyone who is pro-life to participate in that event. Uh, I took a part of last year's uh, March for Life and it was so much fun. I uh, had a really great time defending the right of the unborn to life. Uh, that is a big issue. We will touch on that a little bit more. But at the event, the Covington Catholic School out of Ohio, they were there. They were protesting. They were done with their protest. They go down to the Lincoln Memorial. What do they do? They go get a big picture in front of the Lincoln Memorial, as kids do, right? And they're getting a picture. And then what do they do? They start chanting. Oh my God, how horrible. High school students chanting. But what were they chanting? They were doing a high school fight song. Oh my God. Alert the press. Call in the riot police. There are high school students singing and chanting their high school fight song on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. But what did they do wrong? Well, you know what? We can't let people wear that Make America Great Again hat. Oh, that red hat, that red hat is so bad. Oh, we got to take that hat up. We, matter of fact, in fact, in fact, as a result of all of this, a Democratic member of Congress has now called that the MAGA hat, the Make America Great hat, be banned for teenagers wearing it. I want you to hear that again. They want it banned. Oh my God, they want it banned. That is so incredible. That is so amazing. Oh my God, it's causing problems out in the community. We gotta ban it. We gotta ban it. We gotta go. Oh, we gotta get rid of it. Oh my God, people, it's making people upset. Oh, it's triggering people. We gotta make it upset. Oh, that's hate speech. What? Make America great? When, <laughs> when did making your country great become hate speech? Oh, because it was attached to Donald Trump. Oh, oh, you mean the orange cat on top, dead cat on top of his head? Blowhard? You mean because he said something? We gotta make it illegal for everybody else. Oh, oh. I forget that I don't live in a world where logic and common sense prevail. I live in a world where emotion and feeling good and not hurting someone's little feelings, that is what lives. Oh my goodness. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, Okay, we're back. Um, apparently, I was cut off, but that's okay. But going back into what we were saying, apparently, what the media wants to do is they want to they want to propel a lie. They want to go and edit this video and make it about something it's not to forward that narrative. Why? Because if they can make up stories about it, even when it doesn't exist then they're also combating when it does exist that they don't know about. That's their rationale. And so whoever they ruin, let them be damned. Whoever they ruin, let them be damned. And that's what's incredible about this story, about these young men. These young men should be commended. They're standing up for something. They're not sitting at home playing Xbox. They're not sitting at home 
playing PlayStation. They're not sitting at home watching pornography. No, you know what they're doing? They're standing up for the rights of the unborn. And then to celebrate themselves being good kids, they want a picture and a video so they can show their friends. Look what we did. Look where we are. Look who we are. Look what we're standing for. I love the fact, um, I can't remember who said it, and it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful concept that they brought up on during this last march. But it was about, this is the only march, this is the only protest that happens in this country where the people are marching for someone else. They're not marching for themselves. They're not marching for any gain, personal gain. They're not marching for any personal goal. They're marching for someone else. And who are they marching for? They're marching for the voiceless. They're marching for the defenseless. They're marching for the unborn child. And they should be commended. And these young men should be commended. I guarantee you they raised the money to be able to go to Washington, D.C. And yet the media wants to shame them. The media wants to paint them as bigots, as haters, as a product of a hateful ideology. But what is that hate? It's not hate. It's disagreement. It's not hate. It's a desire to see the world protect those who deserve to be protected. That's what it is. There you go. So now, the media is starting to backtrack because their lie was exposed. The left is beginning to apologize for judging these wonderful young men. And only a few real ignorant, willfully ignorant ideologues in the media are still targeting these young men. And so, again, it exposes the, the, just the horrible, horrible corruption of our society and our culture and how that we are completely lost. But anyways, uh, so there, there's that. We also have this week um, the wonderful, the wonderful, wonderful government shutdown. And I'm saying wonderful sarcastically. Uh, because again, in this situation now, nobody wins. Nobody's going to win. We have federal workers who, you know, were never taught, save for a rainy day. You work for the federal government. There's a chance that you may not have an income. And so these people are suffering. It's real suffering, guys. It's not made up. These people, you know, most people in America live paycheck to paycheck. Most people. And so we have to understand that. We have to, we have, to have compassion for people, even if they make mistakes. Even if the mistakes are their own. We still, we still need to have compassion for those people. And what is, this, what is this, this shutdown about? Well, it's about the appropriate role of immigration in our society. And are we going to have 
a secure border? Are we going to treat immigrants in this country with respect? And are we going to treat illegal immigrants with respect, but also with the expectation that they uphold our laws? See, here's the thing. The media wants you to believe they don't use the term illegal. They don't even use the term undocumented anymore. They use the term immigrant to describe all immigrants. Why? Because they want those illegal immigrants to vote for them. Period. It's about power. It's not about safety. Because if they were really... I mean, let's be honest. Nancy Pelosi lives behind a wall. Most of these people live in gated communities. Most of these people lock their door at night. So they are about protecting those they love. So then why can't we protect our southern border? As someone who lives in Texas, who sees the impact of an open border on a daily basis, especially as a public educator, I know. I see it. I have compassion for those people. But at the same time, I love my country. And I want my country to be safe. And I want my country to flourish. And I want my country to be the best that it can be. And the only way that that happens is by keeping the worst out. By keeping terrorists out. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, terrorists are coming across our border. Okay? That's, that's a truth. And even though it was portrayed in Sicario, the, the second Sicario movie, understand this, that it was false. No, it's not false. It's real. There are people coming across our border of radical Islamic intent, intent on causing harm in our, in our country. Why? Because that's how they're bringing us down. And so, again, it's something that you need, we need to take seriously. And I, and, and I applaud the president for taking a stand. I applaud the president for not allowing and not falling for the ridiculousness of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. And let me tell you something about Chuck Schumer, okay? Let me tell you something. I've seen that man in a pair of shorts. I've seen him in a pair of shorts. And I'm telling you, the man should not wear shorts. Mm -mm. The man should not wear shorts, okay? There are veins on those legs that, I mean, his leg looks like a topographical map. Okay, so the man should not wear shorts, all right? And, and I have often been told by people who know him personally that the, the da- most dangerous place in the world to be is between Chuck Schumer and a camera. So there you go. So again, Chuck Schumer, less than 10 years ago, advocating for a wall, advocating for tougher immigration. Today, no, no. It's a political calculation. It's completely a political calculation. They believe that if they allow these people to come in here, they can get 20 million people to vote for them. Well, guess what? It's backfiring. The Latino community now supports President Trump over 50%. Went up 19%. Why? They've got more jobs. They're better, they have a better, secure home life. Better economy. And so guess what they're doing? Oh, yeah. 
They're supporting the man who gave it to him. And now he's fighting for legal immigration. He wants to protect, he wants to protect those people who came here legally, who followed the rules, who waited in line, who did what it was supposed to do. Now, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I know. There are people who live here that, um, you know, lived here 20 years, they follow the rules. The only crime that they've committed is they came across as illegal. Well, that's not true. Because how are they living in our society? How are they getting a driver's license? How are they driving? How are they getting to and fro work? Do they pay income taxes? Do they file their income tax returns? You know? Yeah, they may have lived here 20 years. They may be here illegally. But again, their continued presence is illegal. So even if the only crime they committed is they are illegal, they're still illegal. They're still committing a crime. All right? Now, granted, what's the moral equivalency of this crime? Speeding ticket? Breaking a window and stealing some medicine for a dying person? I mean, where do we draw the line? What do we say, okay? What do we say? This is wrong, this is right. What about the people who follow the law? What about those people? What are we telling, what are we telling Americans when we say, oh, these people are a protected class. These people are special, but you've got to still live by the laws. What are we telling them? When, you know, again, we're telling these people, we're telling the American people that we don't believe in the rule of law. So again, we've got to figure something out. And, and, I, and I like the stance. And I like the fact that Trump had came out with a compromise. But guess what? The Democrats are not going to do it. Why? Because that would give Trump a victory. And so now what we're seeing is the Democrats are now owning the shutdown. They have to. They have to own it. You, yes, Democrats, if you're listening to this, you have to own the shutdown. It is your shutdown now. The compromise that was brought forth to the table is a good compromise. It will open the government. Then you can come together and compromise more. But no, you don't want to do that. You're too busy going to Puerto Rico and hanging out with a hundred lobbyists and harassing pretty little things on the beach and then trying to take a Codel to Brussels. Oh, oh, no, no, I forgot. They were going to Afghanistan. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Please. They're going to Brussels and they're taking their families with them. There were seven members on this Codel, but 93 people went. They were taking their families with them. This wasn't a goodwill tour. This was a vacation paid for by the American people. And, and the president was correct in taking military assets away from civilian elected officials until this thing gets settled. Treating them like children and saying, no, you're grounded until we have a talk. It's just like what Ronald Reagan did in California with Berkeley, with the protests at Berkeley. He looked at the professors and he said, you're the adults. Act like it. And he walked up from the table and walked away. That's what we have to do. Now, do I agree with everything that Donald Trump says and does? No, I don't. Do I wish he did it more presidential-like? I do. But do I, do I like what he's doing? Absolutely. 
He's following through on promises. What a big concept for a pro politician. And we've got friends in Congress now. We've got people like Dan Crenshaw from Texas, former Navy SEAL, giving up his, giving up his, uh, his pay until this thing's done. What a leader. What an example. And then, of course, the gift that keeps on giving, Anastasia Ocasio-Cortez. Oh my God, do I love this representative from New York. She couldn't find Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader. This woman ran for Congress, knocked out the third most powerful Democrat in Congress, or in the House, had six months of running for office to learn about the job. To pay herself a salary through her campaign so that she could afford to live in D.C. during the interim. She had time, she had orientation to come and learn the buildings. And here's the thing. I worked on Capitol Hill. Uh, part of my job was giving tours of the Capitol building. I had to learn the Capitol building very well. Plus, one of the reasons why I had to learn that is because I had to be able to run to the Capitol building to send messages, give a speech, to give a bill, whatever, to the congressman that I was working for. But here's the amazing thing about that. And this is what's so great. There's a big freaking sign in the Bermudi hallways of the Senate side of the, of the Congress, or the Capitol building. Big old freaking sign. Says, Majority Leader's Office. And guess what? It's directly across the hall from the stairwell that leads to the well of the Senate. It's a big freaking sign. And guess where the majority leader of the Senate holds his office? In the majority leader's office in the Capitol building. Same as the speaker. Speaker has, doesn't have an office in one of the house office buildings. She has an office in the Capitol building with a great picturesque window of the Washington Mall. And guess what? So does the senator. And yet, she gets on television and she tries to act like she's this moral superior who can't find the majority leader and how this majority leader is hiding from her. Give me a big freaking break, people. Please. Oh my God. The crazy-eyed lady from New York can't find the House Majority Leader. There's a big freaking sign. And guess what? There's a map, too. There's a map. You can download it. You can go on the architect of the Capitol's building and get the big freaking map and put it on your iPad. And you can follow that map. And you know what? You can. There's also people in red coats that you can ask. Hey, where's the speaker's? Where's the, where's the Majority Leader's office? Yeah, I want, I want to go talk to him. He's there. Dun, dun, dun. Also, you can send an email. You could be a professional. You could set up a meeting. But no. You want to make a point. You want to be all righteously indignant. Oh, he's hiding from me. I can't find him. He's not in the Senate office buildings. Yeah, he's not. Guess what? He doesn't have an office there. It's now in the Capitol building. 
you moron. God. And yes, I'm sorry. I know I shouldn't be making fun of people as a Christian, but you know what? There's sometimes you just got to slap people upside the head and say, no. No. You are a blithering idiot. You do not deserve to be in that office. Hey, guess what? Get away from the camera. Get away from your interviews. Stop basking in your own personal self-worth and humble yourself and learn the freaking job. And make the people back in New York 13 proud of you. That's an idea. Shut your freaking mouth. Admit that you don't know anything. Be a humble person and go and do your freaking job. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, I weep for this generation. I do. I weep for our country. That people like her can get elected and they're celebrated and they're encouraged to act like this. It's sad. Oh well. We pray and we move on, right? Absolutely. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that was today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast a little bit better than the last one. Um, Again, I'm working on trying to do this once a week. uh, And once we start having some real success with it, maybe we can do more. Um, Again, keep listening. Keep coming back. Um, And again, just know that you guys are amazing. Love you guys. And God bless. Thank you.